I, I feel like I fall in love with every guest that we have on mm -hmm. the show because people are just so interesting. And then when I watch it back and I'm cutting bits out and editing, just like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. Like I have to try and find the um, like the like preview clips to kind of get people in and like yeah. post them on, on socials and stuff. And I'm like going through. I'm like, okay, this is twenty seconds. I'm like, but they're also making a really good point in the next twenty sec. Can I extend it to like a minute? I'm like, oh, but they also make another really good point. <laughs> it just gets bigger yeah. and bigger until it's like five minutes. I'm like, it might as well just be a video on its own. And Johnny Carson never edited his own stuff. Other people did that for it. I mean, if you're ready to go, if you got a drink and, and you know. Yeah, I got my uh, green stuff. It's good. Green stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's a soda stream and um, it's like a lime squirt. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was, uh, I was assuming like green tea or some sort of Mountain Dew at that point. But, yeah. It kind of tastes like um, like an energy drink. What's a, like a Powerade or something? Okay. It's got that chemically flavor. I, I'm not sure I like it, but I need to use it up because I paid for it. <laughs> That's the best way. It's like when you get some like, like bread or cereal, and you're like, I'm re really resentful about eating this, but I'm not but, throwing it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that cost me good money. Like, All right. Well, I mean, if you're, you're you're good to go, we'll we'll dive right in. We've already basically started because you know, oh, right. crafty, and I already started recording. So, welcome to Young at Concrete Podcast, Ryan. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I've I've seen this a few times. Uh, I watched the one with uh, Craig, my good friend there. I watched the one with uh, Crash, who I think is uh, very incredible. And uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Definitely, yeah. We, I think it, you've been on my radar, like because we have like friends of friends sort of thing, and you you're like yeah. on the list of. I have like a big list of people to contact and reach out to. Um, and yeah, you've been on there. I was like, oh, maybe this is the time. Maybe this. But is. also, you know, I I've been like watching and i see the guests and i'm like oh i'd like to be on that oh i'd like to be on that but also i'm not the type of person who's going to be like hey so you want me to, you know it's like i'm sitting here like waiting to be the prettiest girl at the dance just waiting <laughs> for someone to ask me to dance you know and my time finally came definitely definitely okay so I've, i have i have mixed up the format this year right so you're All actually right. the first person i'm speaking to in 2023 even though we're still in 2022 right uh, so I realized that the worst parts of my show are the intro and the end. Okay. On my personal opinion, right? So I've got boilerplate intro questions. Okay. And one question to leave on. The rest of it will be as normal as you expect. Sounds good. Okay. So first off, who are you? Oh, wow. That's... Uh... <laughs> who, who am I not sometimes? Uh, well, my name is Ryan. Um uh zine making uh single dad uh uh very different worlds sometimes that hardly cross lines which is sometimes they do which is neat and fun um i have been making zine since 1998 uh but i've been doing pocket thoughts since 2018 uh, pocket thoughts is right. my my main zine uh you know outlet um before Pocket Thoughts, I took about 10 years off from making zines. I was doing, you know, online blogging and websiting and stuff like that. And uh, I missed that physical feel. And uh, I like the the constraints that zines have. You know, right. like, 
you've only got so much space on the page and only so many pages, whereas, you know, blog can go on and on and on and on infinitely if you want. Uh, so I got back into it. So that's, that's who I am. I am a Leo, uh, born in August. Um, I'm getting up there in age. Um, what else is there about me? Jeez. I'm I'm curious. So you you like pocket, pocket laws is how I obviously know you mostly because that is like, I mean, how many issues you up to now? Uh, I'm currently working on issue 23 and 24 at the same time. I'm doing two different zines at the same time, which is a different process for me. You normally it's, it's one thing, but I've got two different ideas. One is usually pocket thoughts is uh, 16 pages of what I call randomonian. So every page is its own uh, sort of idea and theme. Like for instance, uh, you know, this, this was the last one that came out and you know, every page is something different. Like from one spot, you're getting jokes or rants or poetry or some, you, you never know what you're going to get from page to page. And occasionally I'll do one that's a very themed issue. Like uh, my most popular one that when I die, people are going to be like, oh, he was the 11 teen guy. Uh, Pocket Lots number 11 was called 11 teen. And it was a satire of uh, like trashy women's magazines, like 17 magazine and Cosmo and stuff like that. So it was a very focused Right. zine um so when i wanted to do these two different zines and i knew number 24 was going to be a focus theme and number 23 was going to be the usual randomonium i was like well i'll see if i can do them both at the same time and see what that does to me mentally <laughs> uh but uh i do other zines under the pocket thoughts name that's not part of the regular series um overall i'd say since 2018 i've done about uh a little over 60 right yeah, yeah. So, but like i found pocket Pocket Thoughts is interesting because it was like so Null Point, which is obviously my zine series, which I run on a long term basis. It's it's not very often you find a zine series which has gone to the lengths that ours have. Right. Like, you know, nearly 30 issues, like a lot of them cap out around 10, you know, five issues. Someone finds something else they want to do. You know, they, they get bored, they run out of paper. It's, you know whatever the reason so i found, found it really interesting you were still going I was like, this is you know well i think a lot of people get discouraged uh early when you know they they make something and, and they and it's good like every I, every zine that gets sent my way i find really interesting because people send me zines all the time too and yeah. you know they'll send me their first and second zines and then you know oh nobody read it nobody liked it uh but you know you got to keep at it is the thing even you know when Pocket Thoughts started, uh, I think I made two or three zines right away. Just so, boom, I would have a, a few. And, you know, in six months, maybe 20 people read them, right? Like, it, like hardly anything. But, you know, now I, I think I'm shipping out 10, 20 zines a week, 30 zines a week. And uh, so you just got to keep at it, really. And yeah, find find the people, find your audience, right? Find who's reading and enjoying and yeah, I guess it depends as well why you're making it. Like, like I guess with no point, I managed to keep it going because it was very much, it was very much concept led, and mm. I'm you know a bit of a glutton for punishment. Um, so it it became one of these things of like I won't let it die, even if it's t- even if no one's reading it, I'm just never letting it die. It'll be I'll be buried with it, and it'll be one of those things. And I think when I started, it was along those lines of like I want to just outlast everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I like the process, the creative process so much. Um, you know, again, with every page being different, sometimes 
it's trying a different art style or a different creative style. Uh, you know, one may be a black and white comic page. And then the next page is I'm experimenting in calligraphy and collage just to see if I can do it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. to, to try something new and to, to test myself and push my own boundaries. Um, but also to, you know, throw something against the wall and see what sticks. Uh, when I got back into zines, it was just for the love of wanting to make and create and put ideas out there and put thoughts out there. And, you know, if people like them, they like them. If they don't, they don't. And uh, I used to take a lot of flack years and years ago from people uh, when I would show zines and give away zines all the time back in the old days of like, oh, you know, you, you give this away, you never make any money at it and, and all this. Why do you do it? Well, because I love to do it. So I made myself a promise when I started Pocket Thoughts is that as long as every issue turned a profit of at least a dollar overall, I'd keep making it. Right. Okay. So that no one can ever tell me that it's a financial burden on me. I mean, I, I, I understand. I get that question a lot because no point is basically free. It's, yeah. it's, you know, if I'm at a zine fair, it's free. You know, I don't charge anything for it. It's not, it, there's not even like a, you know, pay as you feel it's they're free. Yeah. They're meant to be free. Um, and when I sell them online, I sell them for postage. Cool. And that's, that's all I charge for. And I've, I've literally had people email me and say, you're losing money on this. And my answer to them is, I know, that's the intention. Like, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, I went to a zine fair and someone had, like, he'd got, like, it was someone who was selling, I mean, it was one of these things which kind of irritates me, when they're selling, like, proper books at a zine fair. And, like, they were, like, $30 a book. It was, it was like, you know, proper published thing. It was something they would do. It was a very nice book. But he was just like, oh, but, you know, you've printed like a hundred of these and you're giving away for free. Surely this costs you money. I was like, yeah, but it costs me like $30 to print a hundred. And I spend that on booze when I go to a bar. So it's just like a night out, but this time I'm getting, you know, to create, spread the word, get people involved because it's completely anonymous and people can submit to it. So why, why would you get different enjoyment out of that? Like, you know, the, the intention was never to make money. So. Yeah. And that, that brings up a point that I hear a lot from uh, different zine creators of like, you know, what is a zine and what constitutes a zine, right? Um, and those, those you know, those $30 professionally printed and, and bound books, I mean, I don't really consider that a zine. If it's got an ISBN number on it, you know, yeah. and a barcode, unless, you know, it's a fake barcode that you're doing to be ironic or something, um, you know, if it's got a barcode on it, it's probably not a zine. But I've seen debates of like, digital zines are they really zines versus you know traditional zines and you know i personally lean more towards the traditional paper type but i'm not going to discount a digital zine because you know who am i to say what is and, and isn't uh because you know to me zines are supposed to be you know inexpensive to create inexpensive to enjoy mm -hmm. and uh you know accessible by just about anybody or anybody really like and that's why they should be inexpensive to create and uh and to get yeah definitely I, I i stand by the rule of if it's got an ispn number or it's got advertising in it and the advertising isn't zine related or at least diy culture related it's not yeah like, you know as soon as you start getting you know starbucks or something pop up in your magazine you're like this isn't this you've, yeah you've gone too far <laughs> you stepped off the edge and it was you know not right for you move back yeah okay I like that. We, we we gathered into the uh, who you are, as it as it were, for the day. All right. All right. Next question. How did you sleep? 
how do I sleep or how did no, I sleep? How did you sleep yeah, last night? Um, the best I've slept all week. Uh, okay. I've been battling something all week long. I've been actually afraid that my, I'm going to lose my voice tonight. Earlier in the week, I my voice would be cutting in and out on me. And uh, so hence why I've got liquids with me to constantly drink. Um, yeah, I, I slept really well last night, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I sleep on my side mostly. With my I arms, I, I'm in a king-size bed all by myself. And uh, my cat stretches out and takes up most of it but i tend to stretch it with my arms like this on my side and uh it's great i and it goes over my head like this sometimes i sleep a lot like this mm-hmm. and i feel like you know the old wrestling move the sleeper hold where you put your hand and like this and i feel like every night i kind of give myself half a sleeper hold to put myself to sleep better i got told that i sleep on my face but i, I also sleep on my side so I basically just lay on my side and then bury my face into the pillow. Oh yeah. But I also found out, like, I only found out maybe like six months ago that I I sit when I sit on like a on a couch. I sit with my head at like a right angle, so like, ah. like my neck's there, and then my head just leans forward. And I was like, "This yeah. is comfortable. This is exactly how you should be sitting." And they took a photograph of me and showed me like that. That does not look comfortable. But I'm a I'm a crisscross applesauce guy. I sit with my legs crossed even if I'm on the couch. Oh wow! Okay, legs crossed. It's just it's what I find comfortable. I don't even think I can do that. Like, yeah, it's uh, I I don't know. It's it's just what's so flexible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess. Um, I used to work in a. a a mattress store I used to sell beds okay. um so i know a lot about sleeping and sleep habits and you know what kind of a bed is good for you if you're on your side or on your back or on your face so uh that's an interesting question to ask me definitely definitely yeah i mean i i moved over to the whole memory memory foam cult as mm-hmm. it would be and and yeah invested in that like pillow action and, and it's hot things. though the memory foam it heats up it does yeah like summer is a is a challenge yeah when you, when you have the memory foam you but, need a good latex foam that stuff doesn't absorb the heat as much and then you sleep a little yeah. cooler but it's still you know contours to your shape i like that you've automatically gone into sales mode like, yeah <laughs> and for uh you know an extra 50 dollars, i'll throw in the slip cover is this how you sell the when you're a fair, you're just like, oh, you know, come over here. You got, you know, you got to go fold out pages and twenty eight pages of blah, blah, blah. I've I've never actually tabled at a zine fair, and really? probably for good reason because I would be that slimy guy. Oh, come on over here. You know, this fits right in your pocket. You got to have a pocket thought. Put it in your pocket. There you go, my friend. Oh, you like that one? You know, uh, it's a location for me. Um, I'm in Kingston, Ontario, and. Uh, there's not a huge zine community here. The closest would be, you know, Toronto or Montreal, either mm-hmm. distance. And I, I'd like to go to Canzine in Toronto, but it's it's always like a scheduling thing mm-hmm. uh, with me when I have my kids and versus when I don't have my kids. Um, so sometimes it just, you know, it's not meant to be. Uh, but in the new year, I'm actually looking at trying to, you know, build a zine community within this town because it's a college town, university town. And I feel like there's, uh, a good chance to meet some really cool creative people who you know might want to be doing this sort of thing and like to have a you know a safe welcoming space to go to it so i'm going to be getting in touch with the you know the people who run the public libraries about getting some community space and and setting up some regular times for that because I, I think it'd just be cool to to meet like-minded people definitely i've actually i've been to kingston on cool. on like on zine related business 
Really? Yeah. So I, I went. So I went to Canada in uh, 2019. Okay. myself for a holiday. Was like going to go, going to go do, going to do Canada. Decided to do Canzine in uh, Ottawa. Yep. And what I did was I, I arrived in Toronto and then I drove my way up to Ottawa, but like hit every small town I could along the way. And Kingston was one of those small towns. And oh, I, really? I spent like a day just wandering around, seeing various little bits and being freezing because it was incredibly cold that day. <laughs> We're right on the water in the, in the, the wintertime. It's, like today, it's, it's bloody freezing outside. The wind is just chill to the bone. Hence, I got my two gun indoors. I, I mean, you can't see. I'm rocking a blanket, and there's like a hot water bottle under my feet because I'm I'm out in New Jersey, and it, yeah, it's 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 getting yeah. chilly. Getting to well, that time of year. Temperature in New Jersey as it as it is here. We've got very similar weather. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. Is I'd, I'd say like it's, I find it shocking that you haven't seen like table even once, having considering you've been doing it since like 1988. Um, but I yeah, I would definitely recommend trying to get to an event. Yeah, that's that's the plan. I think ultimately, uh, what I hope to achieve with this uh, like library community thing is to get enough people involved that we could start our own local mm-hmm. fair. Um, but I'd I'd love to get to like a bigger city one, Toronto or or Ottawa for Kansas for sure. Yeah, you not started forcing your kids to do it. Yeah. Um, not my son has no interest. My son, all he wants, he's eight years old. All he wants to do is play video games. My daughter, though, is very creative. Right. And um, like better, she's eleven, and she's a better artist than I was at eleven, and she's a better artist than I was at nineteen. So uh, the stuff that she shows me sometimes, she'll come home from school. She came home with this pumpkin that she did with just a mechanical pencil, and she's right. like, "Hey, look what I did at school today." And I'm like, "The fuck, you did this at school today? Like, oh my god, this is this is." incredible we have a little uh shop downtown here that uh, sells local art right. people stuff and uh, so they sell my zines there and everything and i went in because uh, it's run by an old uh high school art teacher of mine so i was in there a few weeks ago just to drop off you know some some stock for them and everything and, and i was like oh yeah here here take a look at this photo on my phone of what my daughter did she was like oh my god she looks at my daughter she goes if you want to bring some of your work here to sell, you can bring some of your work here to sell. And she was like, you could, you could tell she was a little embarrassed, but also like, wow, yeah. you know, and I'm the proud dad. That's just like, there's my protege. Of course. I, I, I also like uh, having been to quite a few zine fairs, I always find kids are really, they're a great addition to a zine fair because so like in the UK, a lot of zine fairs are, are people, you know, like, 16 to to 20 30 you know it's it's that kind of age bracket where it's people discovering themselves and people discovering politics for the first time and getting involved in everything they can in the diy culture which lends itself to teenagers they're learning their voice and they have something to say yes it's, it's yeah. that kind of kind of vibe so when you introduce a child to that it's a really interesting like dynamic shift because you watch people not know what to do because they mm-hmm. want to be themselves and they want to they want to express themselves and their instant impression is if you have a stranger a child or like someone who's older is that they're going to be judged whereas a kid doesn't care yeah like they'll just sit there and most of the time they'll make a zine you know and they'll have a line of people who will want to check out their zine because they're a child and you want to see what's going on in the head of a child and yeah i, I always think it's just like one of these things where like you just throw it in there see what happens <laughs> well my daughter did make a zine uh god probably three 
three and a half years ago or so, mm. uh, just because she saw me doing it. And so we took a bunch of like drawings that she'd done and just made a, like a, a zine about my family and, you know, my pets and things like that. And, you know, we sent it out to a few people. I think uh, Rich from Feral Publication, uh, I think he did a review of her zine on YouTube, which just like nice. made her day to see that her zine was on YouTube, you know. Uh, but she's super creative. I, you know, there was uh, two or three months ago, um, she was telling me about how dinosaurs had feathers and mm-hmm. I didn't know this. I didn't, you know, and so she's given me all the facts and stuff. And at first I'm like, dinosaurs didn't have feathers. And she's like, no, they did that. I was reading about it. I was like, look, I want to report on my desk tomorrow all about dinosaurs having feathers. So I come home from work the next day and the babysitter's like, Ryan, she's been hard at work for you all day long. And I go into full on with drawings and graphs and everything and she's just this whole thing about dinosaurs having feathers and i'm like but not like a report but you know it was very zine-ish in the way that it was presented and uh i was just like oh yeah she's she's got some magic in her for sure she's got some magic in her busting out infographics and like yeah how it is you know yeah but the enthusiasm is is so important right and and that's what i i think i love to see in zines is uh, there's so many niche ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the great thing about zines is, uh, you know, there's a zine about everything, really, right? And when you're passionate about it, and you put that into it, it really comes across and you can feel it through the paper from someone you've never met, never talked to, and you've just gotten it through the mail, right? And you open it up and you just, you feel that passion. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, I, that's actually interesting you mentioned that. So I was just prior to coming online um so i got access to um it's like vivo 80s or something some kind of music channel which plays 80s music videos constantly i don't know so i was watching these music videos and text my friend and i just said to her it would be great to have a youtube channel which just reviews 80s music videos or 80s and 90s music videos because they're so unique and when we, we we did the all back and forth which was this big great idea however youtube copyright would take down everything you ever put up so it's a fruitless idea and we said, oh, you'd have to shift it to TikTok because that's the only place you can do kind of things like niche, things like this. Yeah. Whereas what you said is we we were like, well, that would lose all meaning because you'd be doing 30 seconds of things. You never get the full context. Whereas the, just like you're kind of saying, the, the amount of times I've seen fanzines about, you know, random episode of Full House. I'm like, I've never watched it, but it's like a five page essay about this thing. And I feel like, I don't know, there's so much more breathing room, but it's appreciated in a way which it wouldn't be online. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I buy random zines all the time, right? Like once a month I go on to, to Etsy and I just search zine and I look for, you know, four or five things that I've just, I've never seen before. And one of the coolest things that I ever got was this little mini zine, uh, that was just pictures of dinosaurs that somebody had put googly eyes on. And that's all it was, was dinosaurs with googly eyes. But did that make my day? Like, just the somebody thought to do that, you know? Uh, and maybe nobody else in the world needed dinosaurs with googly eyes, but I did that day. Definitely. I still stand by the fact that the best scene I ever bought is called Flats in Hats. And it is tower blocks of apartments with hats photoshopped on top of the buildings. <laughs> and it was 50 pence. And it is the best scene I've ever bought. And I can't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all right in the name. Like a good catchy name goes a long way, right? Uh, you know, 
brings you in and and all that stuff uh like when i made um halloweenies when i made that zine it's all just hot dog wieners in dressed up in slutty halloween costumes you know and that that was something that was in the shower right it was just like oh i want to do something for halloween what am i gonna do play on words weenies how halloweenies and then just saying it is fun just saying halloweenies out loud is is fun to say do you think there's like a high? Do you do you lean to like a high level of parody with your zines? Do you find, um, or is it more homage? Or where's the line on that? Oh, that's sometimes it's both. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's both. Um, so to go back to like Eleventeen, for instance, that was straight satire. Right. But I I wanted to do such a good job of the satire that I I knocked on my neighbor's door uh, a few doors down for me because uh, she's an old friend of mine who. Uh, we used to work together uh, and she's about 10 years younger than me, maybe 15 years younger than me. And I said, do you have any like cosmopolitan magazines, that, you know, these magazines that I can borrow? And she's like, sure. And I'm like, yeah, maybe like five or 10 of them. And, you know, and I spent a month reading them. So to, to get an idea of like, you know, the tone and the, the feel. And when I read 11 team back now, knowing that it's satire, mm-hmm. sometimes I forget that it's satire because I really hit the tone of, yeah. of those magazines. And I'm like, oh, geez, is this an homage or is it still like, it's definitely satire because, you know, it's very much poking fun at, at the industry and fashion and beauty standards and, and all of that. Uh, you know, I think parody is, is good if it's tongue in cheek and it's, and it's fun and it's, it's hitting the right notes. I think sometimes, um, if you're just trying to catch the wave of a trend, I think it, it, it falls flat and, you know, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely like it when you, when you discover something which is kind of parody or a satire and it's so well done that you can't tell. Yeah. And it's only when you've kind of like flicked through it and then you look at like, you know, who made it or what they're making outside of it. You're like, Ooh, actually that's, yeah, that might be more scathing than I originally thought. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember actually when I think it was one of the first scenes I did as a uh, when it was Nopa, I did a, an advert for like robotic limbs or something in like a technology issue, and I, it took like like yourself. I I spent ages kind of scouring adverts to see how would this would look, what if this was real, how they would react to it, the wording they would use. Yeah, just to kind of yeah. It takes a lot of effort. Well, and uh, like 11 teen is another example of uh, I was coming up on issue number 11 of Pocket mm-hmm. Thoughts. And I knew I just wanted to do something different than just number 11. So I was like, well, 11 teen is a funny sounding word because there's 11, 12, 13, 14. You know, there, why isn't it 12 teen? Why isn't it 11 teen? And then it kind of became, well, what's it going to be if it's 11 teen? 11 teen makes me think of 17 and 17 was a magazine and it all kind of stemmed from there and then it was like well i'll put i'll i'll make a bunch of fake advertisements to put inside of this because most of those magazines you know 60 percent of it is you know perfume ads and makeup ads and all that i think i've got that one all right where is it yeah so on 11 teen every so many pages like there's there's an ad for like a face cream that's clearly melting your face off like it's not good yeah. to be using this product you know, and here's a makeup one that's like fool even your toughest critics. And, you know, it's it's satire, but it's also 
Like these could have been real ads. In, yeah. You know, so uh, where was the one for tampons? Yeah, there we go. The robotic woman who needs a stainless steel tampon. You know, it's it's clearly satire, but it's it's also fun. Like it's uh, it, it's okay to laugh at yourself. You know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that kind of humor is very like. There's a very specific generation that has that kind of humor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't I want to say so. that it's our generation, but it seems to be like, like I, I don't see that now from like younger people, and I don't see it from older people. Well, I think um, I'm going to assume you and I are fairly similar in age. Like I'm 42, and okay. I'm 33. 33. So, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's you know, we yeah. could have been in the same generation. Yeah. Um, but when we were growing up television was still um very regulated in terms of what could be said on it there wasn't like the internet was still very new uh for us as kids uh i didn't even have a computer or the internet until the late 90s i was 19 20 mm-hmm. had a, a, a computer in the home and the internet was really only a thing in like 97 and on 1997 and on and uh so the idea of stuff being streamed, videos being streamed, and thoughts and ideas that we can constantly get to at any time. Uh, there's so much that's not taboo that we used to think was taboo, mm-hmm. right? So you'd see all all the old comedy shows and stuff that had to be on late at night because it had to be on after the kids were in bed and and the things that you could say kind of slyly and you know, I, I know what they're really saying, um, which I, I think there's not that... that censorship anymore i mean there's definitely censorship but it's not so incredibly regulated like you you don't have to go out somewhere different to get a video cassette of a movie full of swearing because there's no swearing on tv it's all very at our fingertips what's what's interesting with that is is like they say there is there's less censorship now but the things which were kind of at least from my view because i'm so currently context Helps if I give context. Um, so I'm currently rewatching The Simpsons. Okay. All the way through. And like you say, when it started, a lot of it was tongue in cheek. It was very raw. It was very parody. You know, mm-hmm. Simpsons was created because it was just a sitcom, but it was an unconventional sitcom. And it was very much that. Whereas it diluted over time, despite the fact the censorship was like le- left off. And it yeah. just kind of gra- gradually got more hallmarky. It got more, you know, parody of itself and doesn't quite understand why it's still going sort of thing. And I think it's interesting when you, you look at products and people who were popular at that time and how much they kind of diluted because they didn't have anything to rail against. Yeah. And it just kind of fell off. I don't <laughs> Well, that's an interesting point, too, because I remember The Simpsons being new. Like, mm. I remember watching season two new on tv and other kids at my school weren't allowed and you know we'd have to videotape it and you know sneak out and and watch it and stuff and you know it was you know bart simpson was bad and he was a bad influence on us and we shouldn't be watching that cartoon and there was all of that at the time Mm -hmm. and now here we are you know 30 some seasons of the simpsons later and i've been doing the same thing i've been rewatching the entire series because my daughter is into it and she loves it and i i have no problem letting her watch the simpsons is, is the different thing probably because i grew up through yeah. it um but also i never found anything harmful in there like 
you know, what's the worst thing that, that a kid is going to take away from watching The Simpsons, right? Like, really nothing too, too terrible. And uh, so it, it's funny, the you know, the way the generation kind of yeah. changed the, the times. But what I thought was interesting rewatching that show is I can remember being a kid and thinking Bart Simpson was the best part of the show. You know, the yeah. he had the, the uh, Don't Have a Cowman and he was on all the clothes and the show was really centered around him that first season or two. And then it became about Homer. Mm-hmm. And as I became a teenager, you know, all of us loved Homer. Homer was the our voice of the show. And, you know, he was so dumb and nitwitty, but loving and and all at the same time. But watching it back now, the character that I relate to most is Lisa Simpson. Throughout the entire series, as an adult, I'm like, wow, Lisa had it everything figured out the whole time. Yeah, she's the most consistent character. Like, she's not undergone changes in any no. way from the beginning. She's just like, yeah, you know, she was smart, self-aware, you know, keeps going, just keeps going. Whereas, like, but like you say, yeah, when, when we were kids, he was the cool, he was the cool yeah. guy. Everyone wants to be about. He answers back to people of authority he spray paints he skateboards he does everything the cool kid would want to do yeah and now you're like oh, actually he's also really dumb <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not not doing so well but it's interesting but you I, mentioned. I think also them showing the future sometimes like you see who yeah. Bart grows up to be right and 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 if he was your hero like you know if you were a little boy who idolized Bart Simpson and for them to show you what he grows up to be it's kind of a downer yeah yeah there's a great that great episode where they um i think south park covered it with there's like this they did like a two-part where it was about like think getting banned and getting censored and stuff like that and they run into bart simpson in their world sort of thing yeah. and he's in the cabin asks him like what's the worst thing you ever did and he, he says something like you know i spray painted this station cabin's like yeah i made someone eat their parents and <laughs> <laughs> it's like standard for badass has changed <laughs> yeah so dramatically <laughs> yeah and like south park is a, a good example of what we were talking about like mm-hmm. that used to be on at 11 o'clock at night eleven thirty at night i can you know it was my last year of high school when that show really started to gain momentum and we used to all hang out at a buddy's place on was it friday night or saturday night to watch that you know having a few beers and stuff and it was it was an event yeah to get everybody together to watch south park because we knew that it was it was just bad enough that like we could wear the t-shirt and get away with it. Yeah. But also if if we got caught in the halls, you know, doing the ah, cow's mouth, big fat fucking bitch, you know, we knew we'd get in trouble for it. Yes, yes, definitely. I, I think it's it's very much generational though, because I, I vividly remember my mom telling me um that she was she couldn't watch the Muppets as oh. a kid. Yeah. So this was like, you know, like like sixties, like that that kind of era. And my grandparents were like, No, you don't watch the Muppets. That's that's you know I mean she comes from a Catholic background, but there's a like a level of like, don't watch the Muppets. It's it's it's, it's too risky, it's too and I'm like, that's I, I'm try I try to think of things which I wasn't allowed to watch. And so it's it's the limited. Saturated over time too. Like if you mm. think like I think the first uh Muppet show before it was the Muppet show their first special was called sex and violence yeah yeah and uh so if you if you look at sex and violence and juxtapose that with the Michael Caine Muppets Christmas Carol like it's two very different Muppets you know and I I think we have in our mind nowadays 
the image of the Michael Caine Muppets Christmas Carol as being what the Muppets is, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in a, in a broad stroke of it all. Whereas, you know, to me, it's still the Muppet show. Definitely. I, I think it's it's interesting, like, I guess looking at the idea of things being kind of long running and they do get watered down. I, th- I think another example of that is Die Hard. So they like yeah. the, the Die Hard films obviously started off quite, you know, violent, kind of bloody. And then like one of them, like they even cut like the motherfucker from it because they were just like, that's, you know, we, we need to keep the, the 12 rating so we can get the kids in to watch it. And I don't know. It's, I feel like you have to go one way or the other. You have to either try to top how bad you were or you have to lower that because new generation is going to keep coming along. Yeah. And you can't be as violent with the new generation, even though there's less censorship. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, I, was, uh, I was writing a piece for my new zine uh, for Pocket Thoughts 23 uh, about swearing. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking the other day, I was like, I think we need some new swear words. I think we need new curse words because fuck doesn't cut it anymore and shit doesn't cut it anymore. And like, who are we offending with this anymore? Swearing was supposed to be about putting someone off edge, mm-hmm. you know, getting a little attention, making yourself heard. And now, you know, it's, you know, fuck shit, piss, everything all the time. You know, cunt still stands strong. I think, you know, yeah. cunt still got a lot of time left in it. Good for you, cunt. Uh, but, you know, kids say fuck, kids say piss, kids say shit. They say goddamn. And it's not like when we were, you know, we'd get slapped for that when we were kids. We, we'd be grounded for that. We'd have our mouths washed out with soap for that. And so I'm, I was thinking that, you know, the new generation needs to come up with some, some new swear words that you won't like and I won't like because we're the old guys now. Yes. And in order for them to be effective, we have to not like them. Because if we're okay with it, then they're not good enough. I feel like it's going to take a lot to make us not like it, though. The, the language young people use, the main, the main stuff I don't like is where they're, you know, they're being tongue-in-cheek, and they're like, oh, it's all Gucci. And I'm like, I hate that. Like, please yeah. don't say that. That's the worst thing to say in the world. Why are you doing that to each, each other? Um, and But, yeah, it's very much like, it's just abbreviations of words. I've noticed that a lot. Like, language is, is adjusting to the point where they don't make up, like, we used to make up words. Now, yeah. The, you know, like, we'd pick a word and they'd be like, we're just going to adapt this and this is going to be the new word for whatever, you know, you know, getting bogeyed. You're like, yeah, that's that's a thing, right? That's going to happen. The new generation don't do that. They just abbreviate every word. <laughs> and they just replace it. Oh, they replace it with like a brand, I've noticed as well. That's the other thing. Of like, they'll take a brand and they'll say, oh, this is this and like, like Gucci. I'm like, oh. This is now a thing. And I'm like, I don't understand this. I'm not too sure about it. Maybe I'm yeah. too old. Well, words are funny. Like, language is funny, you know, just the way that it changes over time and the way we use words for different things. Uh, I was hanging out with a, a friend of mine. We were playing cards one night, and he referred to this girl he knew as sexy. And right. you know, sexy is a very common word. Um but I feel very uncomfortable referring to a person as sexy. It just right. feels weird coming out of my mouth to be like, oh, hey, look at her. She's sexy. You know what I mean? It just feels weird. But I can see a car and go, oh, that car is sexy and have no problem saying it. And I, th- I think it's, it's funny. Language is funny. See, that's interesting because to me, sexy's lost all meaning. Like I use it for like platonic friends. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, my friend Bray is sexy. 
he, he knows it. I know it. You know, it's like it's almost like a just an encouragement word now. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was to say he was seductive, it'd be a whole different thing. Like, yeah. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, seductive lends a little more to something else. It's a little more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't remember which word it was. Someone said it was the. I think it was the first time someone said lit, and like, oh, well, this person's lit, and I was like. I'm going to need someone to come here who's younger than me and just explain this to me because I'm not following. <laughs> like I do not get, it. <laughs> and I don't I, know if it's good or bad. Having kids is neat because um, you got to try and keep up a little bit or you'll fall mm-hmm. behind real fast. Um, but also they're not quite teenagers yet, no matter what my daughter may think she is. Um, so that they haven't quite got to that, that teen slang, which is going to be different by the time she gets to it anyway, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the amount of times I hear a sentence start with, so I saw on TikTok. Oh, I saw it. Did you right. see on TikTok? Oh, I saw TikTok the other day. And uh, like to have that is is, is such a, a verbiose thing of, you know, we're starting conversations with, oh, did you see on TikTok? TikTok is only like, what, three years old, four years old? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like, I, I, it, it's one of those things that like people complain a lot about like that kind of thing. Like it's like, oh, did you see on Facebook? Did you see on Instagram? Or you know, if you got Instagram, and they they get really, I don't know, tactically like angry about it. Like, oh, it's just, kids are always online. They're always on these things, and like, mm-hmm. like, hang on a minute, right? <laughs> when we were kids, all we ever said was like, oh, you see that thing on TV? Did you check out yeah. thing on MTV? Did you read Kerrang? It was like it's all exactly the same thing. It's just a different brand. Why are you so like beat up about this that they're consuming things? Well, and MTV was was pretty new still, mm-hmm. you, you know. Um, there's still music on MTV. <laughs> is there still music on MTV? I don't think there's music. I don't on think MTV. there is. I don't think. And music videos used like to go back to what you were saying about those old music videos. They were like mini movies, like the old music videos from the late '80s, early '90s, especially. Like when you go back and watch like uh, November Rain, mm-hmm. the Guns N' Roses one, or, or Thriller, which was essentially a movie. Um, but even some of the, you know, three and a half top 40 hits, three and a half minute long top 40 hits, you know, the videos for that, they would stretch the songs out sometimes looping choruses so that they could make the videos longer. Uh, and some of those videos are, you know, uh, what was the, the Aerosmith, uh, Janie's got a gun is directed Mm -hmm. by David Fincher. (laughs) Like some of these are works of art, these videos. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, so I, the the thing which I've noticed and I've, I've come up with a line for it is that eighties music videos they're fantastic. There's no denying them, all of them. I won't hear any arguments. They're all they're all amazing, but they're they're rife with their amazing concepts, but they have the worst acting and cinematography. <laughs> like it, it it was it's very obvious that they've discovered video cameras in the eighties. Yeah. Because it's like you have all the ideas, but everything looks like a student film, and it doesn't quite land when you've seen like now. Like I mean, you know, like we were saying about TikTok. Now you get people who make cinema quality things on their phone, and mm-hmm. then they're used to doing that. They're used to having that as the standard, so anything less isn't good enough. So they keep trying, which is great. But at the same time, it's like yeah, in the eighties, it didn't matter. You just throw on a flat bowl blight, and away you go. But to loop it all around, right, um, you know, when music video was new and starting out, like videotape 
was a new concept and you know exploring what you can and can't do with that and the limitations is very much like someone making zines for the first time so i think that's why there's still so much love for 80s music videos when people watch them back is is you can you know some of them are are fucking hokey as hell you know and that's some of the allure is that Mm -hmm. you just you feel the passion that people are, are putting into just trying to make the most of what they can with the limitations that they've got and they never knew at the time that we'd still have access to it 40 years later right and and how the the video itself would degrade or or not upscale well like upscaling wasn't you know wasn't a word in the 80s like there was no such thing as upscaling um so so the idea that you know these things that were filmed on essentially video cassettes and transferred through tv tape are now being digitized and of course they look cheap and and great because that's how they were made exactly i think i I think it's, it's interesting from that kind of point of view to think about zines in that kind of capacity of like i I swear i read an article like every year about like oh zines are dying nobody's doing zines anymore oh zines are back it's suddenly trendy to make zines and i'm like it's almost like cyclical with it that it's going to be this medium which kind of keeps staying and keep keeps going because people are just going to keep trying to reinvent it and yeah. you know it because it can't change like there's no way to change it from what it is because it is such a simple idea of like produce a booklet produce even if it's digital you know, just produce a booklet and like like you say like videos changed over time technology's changed over time but even if printing gets better and you know graphics tablets get better it's still very basic it's yeah like just a, a simple way of making something <laughs> and isn't that the uh the allure of it like y- you know y- you don't have to be a professional writer writer mm-hmm. to write a zine you don't have to be a professional artist to make a zine all you have to do is have an idea and and the want to do it you don't even have to know how to f- to fold the paper or staple it together or or whatever you know you just have to to get it down and uh you know it's uh, so many of us had that moment where we were making something and someone said oh hey i really like your zine mm-hmm. and and we went what's the zine and we didn't know we were making zines until someone told us what we were already doing and uh so i i think it's always going to be around because there's always going to be people who want to just make and create and and then that discovery piece of oh, what I'm doing is actually part of something else is you know zines are community. It's always community. You think with zines sometimes people see them as like permission, right? So like when like you know people don't create all the time, and some people don't naturally create because they just not not had the will to sort of thing. But when I, I find when people encounter zines, they almost see it as like oh, this is like this is permission for me to make something. Like this, it means it's okay if it's bad. Yeah, yeah I'll give I'll give you a, a good story. Um, a permission to share is what I I think right. uh, when you say permission. So a couple of years ago, uh, the summer camp that my kids were at, um, you know they they knew that I do art and stuff, and they asked me to to come by for an hour one day and teach the kids how to make zines because mm-hmm. they knew that I made that. And I was like, yeah, of course I would. So, you know, I teach them how to, you know, fold a six pager and and all this. And you can do whatever you want with it. And 
blah, 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 blah. There's like 30 kids and some of them are, you know, doing little drawings and it's cute and it's fun and everything. And then when it came, you know, we were done, I was like, does anybody want to share what they've made? And of course, you know, everybody's kind of quiet. And one, you know, oh, this is my favorite Avengers. Okay, oh, that's, that's great. Oh, these are flowers and bugs. And okay, that's great. But then this one kid, he had to be about 11 or 12 years old. He stood up and he read all about his mom had passed away a couple years ago. And the fact that he felt so comfortable there to write that down and then to mm -hmm. share that, like, we were all kind of like, oh, at first, like, what have we got ourselves into? But then it was like, oh, my God, this is this is this is safe for him. This is comfortable for him. This is this is great. Like, yeah, this kid's letting something out. Yeah, definitely. I I, I think th there is like a weird power to it, which yeah. I, I've, I've only seen it maybe of like a few times of like different mediums sort of thing. Um, so like, I, I guess the, the other example would be when blogging was like first a thing. And it was like, mm -hmm. you can have an online blog and it's basically a diary and people would just pour themselves into it because they were like, that's what, that's the done thing. Now you just go online and you give your entire life story every single day. Yeah. And I was like, that's incredible. The fact that you a want to do that and B are like, I'm doing it. This is everything I've ever done. Um, and yeah, again, kind of just like general um, like painting. It's mm. like people struggle with painting so much because they sit and they look at it and they go it has to be perfect it has to look like you know rembrandt it has to do all that kind of thing and then you lean over and you're like, actually it can be abstract and it doesn't matter if it doesn't look like the thing that it's meant to look like and their brain goes oh well <laughs> in that case and then you just get masterpieces like, yeah as as artists go like we all struggle through that like when we're first learning and oh you know my my stuff doesn't look like the people that I look up to and, and idolize and drawing, you know, comics for so long and, and everything in zines, you know, growing up on those early DC comics and stuff as a, as a kid and, Oh God, my stuff doesn't look like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it must not be good. It doesn't look like that. And I, I think people get caught up in that and, and forget that there's value in, in just what they're creating and making. But the idea of, of a daily journal i think everybody should keep a journal and whether or not it's just a, an old-fashioned journal that you write in a little bit every day or what's great about zines is you can almost treat them like a journal because when i go back and look at zines that i've made from the past mm -hmm. i can start to pinpoint parts of my life that were happening based on what i'm writing about what i've drawn what i've you know talking about what was on my mind at the time and uh you know, when I'm 80 years old and, and this isn't so good no more, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I've got a lot of content that's been written down that I can look back on and go, oh, geez, I had a pretty good life. I I, yeah. I did some neat stuff. It's a high level of constant catharsis. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. More people should be doing it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when people ask <laughs> why I do, I don't know why. I don't know what else I would do. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so locked in it now that I, I couldn't see myself not making zines. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, there's all always side projects like the behind the zines um, chat show I do with Craig mm -hmm. is is a wonderful time because we get to meet so many cool people. But scheduling is a bitch. 
and editing is terrible. And so oftentimes we get real gung ho about it and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then, you know, we'll schedule a guest and they have to reschedule or back out for whatever reason. And we're going to try this. And then, you know, that doesn't line up. And it's like, ah, there goes our momentum and and we feel like we're failing. Right. Um, But but zines are always there because no matter what, it's it's my own thing. And no one tells me what to write. No one tells me what to draw. I, I don't have any corporate bosses to answer to and advertisers that are going to say, you can't say that you can't put that in there. And uh, so I've got total freedom to do what I want. I I do have to self-censor to make sure that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not going too far over the edge. Um, I think that's important to, you know, self-awareness is is important when creating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to piss people off, but you want to piss off, the right, the right people. people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great point to end on. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very okay to piss people off as long as you've got the, the right intentions to piss them off. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so I now have a question for the end because okay. we've, we've rounded ourselves to the end. Who should come on this show next? Oh. Um, and bear in mind, it can be anyone. I will attempt to contact them, whoever they are. <laughs> oh, geez. Um... I'm going to try and think of someone that I haven't actually interviewed okay? because, you know, cause like I've interviewed a bunch of people, like my first thoughts are like, there's a few and then I'm like, Oh, but you know, I've, I've talked their ear off already. Who would I want to see on your show? That's a question. That is a good question. Um, you know who I think is, is a, So much, so much deep thought going on right now. <laughs> I know it should be right on the tip of my tongue. Um, you know who I I really wanted to interview uh, for behind the scenes, but it just it hasn't happened, and I don't mm-hmm. know if it just hasn't happened yet, or or maybe they don't want to. Um, her name is Paige, and okay. she does Riot Girl zines, and her Instagram handle is my name is Mud, and. Um, I think she is so cool. I, I think her zines are amazing. I think they've got a fantastic message. And uh, she goes out to um, rallies, uh, you know, for abortion rights and reproductive rights. And there's a lot of that in, in her zines. I think they're very powerful. Mm-hmm. And every time I get one of hers in the mail, I'm like putting down everything else to read this right away because I think that they're just fantastic. So if you can interview her, I will watch it and I'll be jealous that you got to interview her before me. That just sounds like a challenge now, but I will try my yeah. dad. I will try my dad. I, I said to myself this year, because that was the question I wanted to end on oh, with every single guest. I'm going to try and end on the question, make it kind of like a chain layer. And yeah. I was like, if I get people who are recommended by the people, which I want to speak to anyway, they're going to be good people. Mm. And that was my view. So I will yeah. try. She's, um, I think her zine is called Punk Bubblegum. Right. Uh, it, it's it's really cool, and it's got a lot of passion behind it. And uh, you know, for for a young person, I think they're either towards the end of high school or just graduated high school in age right. range. And to have that much drive, and it it's you know, like you just want to root someone like that on and and support them and, and be like oh i want to see you shoot for the moon because yeah because i think you got something 
do the best that we can to push them forward. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're running out of steam. We'll get into that issue. <laughs> we are. We are. And, and I think that's kind of a lot of what Craig and I wanted to do with Behind the Zines was, mm-hmm. you know, give people a, a, a place to talk about what they're doing and to, and to mostly show it off. Because we always say that, uh, you know, you could be the greatest artist or the greatest singer or the, you know, the next important doctor in the world somewhere out there is the best future light shining of something. But unless you know how to, like, market yourself and get yourself out there, no one's ever going to know you. Right. So, you know, we love the idea of, hey, you're making something. Let's just show it off. And. I've got my yearly uh, Pocket Pots annual coming out in January. It's a, it's a collab zine where I invite uh, different zine makers from around the world to contribute one page of whatever. You know, it's a showcase for them. And uh, everybody involved is a part owner of the zine. So everybody gets a master copy of it that they can print as many copies of as they want so that they can either give them away, trade them, sell them, whatever they want to do with It's part theirs to do as they please. Because it's really just us showcasing each other off to the rest of the world. Like, let's just spread out, you know, who we are, what we do, you know, maybe people will want to see more of our stuff or more importantly, maybe someone will go, Hey, I think I can do this too. I I want to give this a try. Definitely. I think that's a great, great thing you do. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been fantastic to speak to you. Catch up about the world and the, the zines and all the things which are going on. Since the well, if you're ever going to pop by through Kingston again, let me know and uh, we'll grab I'm, a punt. I'm definitely planning on coming back to Canada at some point, especially since I moved because flights now would be incredibly cheap. So Yeah, you, you could probably drive from Jersey in three or yeah. four hours. Yeah, I can, I can figure that. But yeah, thank you for coming on. If people want to check you out, where should they check you out? Uh, my shop is pocketthoughts.etsy.com. I am on Instagram as my name is Ryan with underscores. In between, I don't know why I picked that handle. It's been so long, I'm not changing it now. Um, Facebook is just Pocket Thought Zine. And uh, YouTube is, I believe, Pocket Thought Zines. Nice and simple. Yeah. Nice and simple. On that note, we'll bring it to an end. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you. Talk to these guys later. Bye. For sure.